you're ready to stop submitting basic applications and winging your interview for your next nursing role, whether you're a graduate nurse or a seasoned healthcare professional, we'd love to exclusively invite you to our secret nurse growth hub, where you can get all of the support to apply, interview and land your next nursing role completely free. All of the resources that we've shared and created over the last three years that have helped 3,000 plus nurses internationally apply, interview and land their next nursing role. So what are you waiting for? Come and join us today. It's completely free. LiamCaswell.com forward slash NGH. Come and join the Nurse Growth Hub today and let's make applying, interviewing and landing your next nursing role easy. are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Bonjour, madame et monsieur, ça va? Ça va bien, merci. I thought I should speak some French because my French teacher's going to be listening, so hopefully she listens to this episode. <laughs> How do you think I'm going? Oh my goodness, what a process learning French has been. I did German and Spanish at school and French is a new level of heart, but I have really enjoyed it. And my teacher, if she's listening, Estelle, this will be etched in history forever. <laughs> a high performance nursing podcast. Welcome and thanks for listening. Today, I'm talking about how much it's costing you to listen to terrible, yet well-intentioned advice from your peers maybe from your family, from the people that you love most, your dearest, closest family, friends and peers. Now, why am I talking about this today? Because bad advice is literally costing you your mental health, your emotional health, your spiritual health, your physical health, financial wealth, freedom that you crave. It's robbing you of your goals. And all of us have been given bad advice. And in this day and age of all of the technologies, there is bad advice everywhere. And I really do strive to be a point of resource and a point of good advice as much as I can, flavoured with my own personal opinions and lived experiences. So today I wanted to talk about five really bad pieces of nursing career advice. And these relate to everybody. <laughs> these are the most common reasons why people DM me, text me, email me, call me and come onto a call with me. And I want you to avoid them at all costs. And I want to raise your awareness to them so that when you hear them, you're like, I remember that's one of the five pieces of advice that I'm going to take. I'm going to make it my own mind. I'm going to thank them graciously. And I'm going to do what I want to do on my terms. Okay, so you're ready to be empowered. Let's dive in. Now, when we're making career decisions, we obviously want to collect lots of advice. I'm not saying that advice is bad to collect from different perspectives. That's very important. We always talk about being curious and exploring all of the avenues here, all of the things. But what I want you to be aware of is the actual cost that it is, it's costing you, it's taking from you when you believe these things to be true. Okay. So the first one, one of my favorites, I used to get told this all the time. Myth number one or bad career advice number one is that job hopping is bad. Now, job hopping, for those of you that don't know what I'm saying or what I'm talking about, is when we move from job to job. 
Maybe we start a job and we've been there for three weeks and we're like, no, this is not it. And we move on. Some of us do just have really high levels of awareness. It's not an egotistical thing. We just have high levels of awareness and we just know straight away when something is not for us. So why would we choose to listen to other people's advice and just stick it out, you know, just hold on tight for the ride, at least put in six weeks or six months. These people are well-intentioned, but if you know, you know. If you know yourself and you know that this is not an environment whereby you can be your best self, grow, develop, and regulate your mental and emotional state, then what the heck are you doing there? Okay. Job hopping is not a bad thing. I actually accredit my success to being a job gypsy. I absolutely love being a job gypsy. And even in my business now, I feel like I'm like a business gypsy. And I say that with love and compassion because I love doing new things. It's etched in my literal design of who I am. I recently uncovered my human design. If you've never explored your human design before, I'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're into spirituality and a little bit of woo-woo, but I love it. And I've never found a personality test that is more on point than human design. And kind of long story short, it's quite complex to dive into, so just be prepared. But I literally am designed on this earth, in this lifetime, to be somebody that tries all of the things and then teaches the people what worked and what didn't work. Isn't that fascinating? I'm a, what they call a 3-5 generator. It will mean nothing to most of you. I'm literally here that my three line is to explore, to chop and change, to be really playful and curious in this world. And then my five line is to find what works from being willing to experiment, to fail, to succeed, to trip up, to fall flat on my face. And then as a five line, I'm here to teach people what works and what didn't work. Like that is literally my life. And it's so funny for so much of my life, I was shitting on myself because I was like, Liam, you never stick at anything. You never do anything for a long time. Maybe if you just stuck at that, you'd be in this position. Or maybe if you just really committed and, you know, developed more discipline, you would have this result by now. The same was true in my career. I kept changing every six months to a year to two years to three years. And many of you get on calls with me and you'll say, I change every three years, but right now I'm stuck. Right now I'm just like, I'm so scared to make this change because somebody told me that if I keep changing, then I'm not going to get the job that I want. And it's total BS. Other people are projecting their fears onto you and job hopping is not a bad thing. Job hopping, in my personal opinion, is only a bad thing if you believe that the next job is going to solve all your problems. That's the only time that I think that you need to speak to a coach or a therapist and just chat it out. Speak to somebody that you can trust, find the right who to uncover what's going on and then work out a path to your goal. That's the only time the job hopping is a bad thing. Otherwise, celebrate, indulge, bask in being an amazing multi-passionate clinician. I coined that term. I even thought about create, like naming this podcast, this, renaming it, because I feel like the people that are attracted to this work are people that are so open to opportunities. But the world, society has conditioned us to believe that we just got to sit there and wait our friggin' time. Oh my goodness, kill me now. No, thank you. <laughs> Not for me. 
Not for me. I'll go and find something else. Thank you. I want to try something different. There's nothing wrong with that. In fact, it becomes your superpower when you identify it and you acknowledge it and you stop beating yourself up and you can see how being a job hopper, a job gypsy, business gypsy, whatever you want to call yourself with love and compassion. I say that with jest. When you uncover that and you identify that that's totally fine and that's what got you to where you are, it's like, why would I choose to stop doing this? Last year, my one line, my one sentence was in my business, every time I got coached, I just said, I just want to be playful this year. I just want to be playful and have fun in my business and test and try all of the things. And that's what I did. And that is what I think led to my success. So how could that be true for you? How are you stopping yourself from just experiencing all the things, trying them out and listening to your instincts and your gut and saying, you know what? This is not for me. I'm moving on. Bye, Felicia. I'm on to the next job. So that's bad advice number one. Job hopping is fine unless you are moving to a job because you think it's going to save you and change your world. It might, but you're giving all your power away to the job and We know what it's like in healthcare. We're not going to go down that path today. Number two is that time in a job equals experience. I want us to challenge this notion deeply. We all know a well-intentioned human who nurses who has been in the job for a long ass time. And they've been there for a long time. They might have experience. They might not have experience. It doesn't mean that they are the right fit for the role. It does not mean that they are next in line to get the job. We need to stop employing people because they have been in a job for 10 years. It does not mean that they are suitable for the position. You could be in a job for 10 years and not have done anything to develop professionally. I mean, it's pretty hard, but we all know somebody (laughs) with love and compassion and kindness, because we don't know what's going on for them, but we all know someone in our world that has been in a job for years and they've done the same thing on repeat for 10 years. Does that mean that they are suitable for the promotion in the current system? They would say yes. They're in line. They're going to get the job. Wait your turn. I really want us to challenge this because in my opinion, If we're not leveraging our time and we're not really seeing time in our career as like a money growth factor, whereby the time that we spend in a role, like we want to get as much out of that role as we possibly can. So that by the time you go to the next role, you've got all of this diverse, you know, cross-pollinating experience. This is what I love about nursing. It's why many of us become nurses and we get stuck in a job that just holds us like almost with a gun at our head saying, if you leave, you go back to the bottom. And then so many of us experience this as well. I'm coaching clinicians right now that are specialized clinicians who have made an interstate move and they get put back to the bottom of the pile. There is nothing more disheartening, nurse managers and educators, than not acknowledging somebody's experience in education from another state or country for that matter and putting them back to the bottom of the pile and making them do everything again. That is a fast way to get somebody to want to job hop the heck out of your shit whole workplace. They don't want to stay there. I'm telling you right now, it happened to me in Canberra. It was the worst thing. I'd been an ICU nurse for years. I got there. They were literally starting me right at the very bottom of the frigging coloured steps pathway. It was hell on earth. And I was being taught by new grads. You know, I'm open to learning from all the people, but acknowledge my skills and experience. Acknowledge that I've got years of diverse 
multi cross-pollinating international experience, acknowledge it and leverage my skills and expertise and take me to the next step. So time in a job does not equal experience or suitability. I should add that there. Suitability for a position. I've said this before in the podcast. I've worked with so many amazing clinicians that are 15, 20 years into their career and they've sat waiting and that opportunity has never come. And then they come to me and I say, what have you been waiting for? Let's rock and roll. Let's go. You have all of the things. Who told you you didn't? Who do I need to talk to? Right? And they have this like aha moment that they've literally been held back or they're holding themselves back. Likewise, if you are an RN1 and you're six months into your grad and you're thinking to yourself, you know what? In a past life, I was a business development manager or I worked and built a business from zero to a million dollars in a different industry. Why are you choosing to discount that experience as not relevant to nursing? Healthcare is a business. We can leverage your skills. Let's go. Let's rock and roll. Let's optimize and find the space for you to use all of your skills, knowledge, and experience, right? You don't have to wait 10 years. Do not take that advice from anybody. They are projecting their belief and let them stay on that timeline. See what happens. Let them run that path. You, my friend, challenge that and go after what you want unapologetically. There are no rules. Let me say it loud and clear to the people in the back. (laughs) There's no rules ever except your abracado conduct. Okay. And in there, it does not say you must put in time to be able to be considered for roles. So stop with that story. Do not listen to those people. It is well-intentioned yet bad nursing career advice. (laughs) And some people aren't ready. Some people do need to gather experience. Okay. And that's totally fine. Like gather that, take that advice and be honest with yourself. Let's not go applying for eight on positions over six months out. But let's say you've just ran a tech company, right? And you become a nurse. Amazing. Like, why would you not go for a leadership position, right? It's all about the context, but it's also also all about leveraging your skills and being honest, not being in nursing career delusion, right? Which is an episode that I think I need to do as well. Um, Now, the next one is the new grad program dilemma. Oh my goodness. If I had a dollar for every time I got asked this question or responded to it or saw it on a Facebook group, I would be a billionaire. I'm telling you right now, loud and clear. This is real simple. You don't have to do a graduate program. You do not have to do it. (laughs) There are no rules. And you also, if you do choose to do one, If you leave it, you will not go on a blacklist for that organization. You will not be put on an APRA blacklist and you will be able to, you will be able to get a job after leaving a grad year prematurely for the same reasons I've talked about already. Regardless of what you're doing, it's your life. It's your nursing registration. You get to do with it what you want. Do not let other people's fear and projections stop you from achieving your goals. Okay, just don't do it. Do not put yourself through the mental and emotional turmoil of going back and forth and asking 50 different people that are all giving you the same answer. Find the who, (laughs) usually it's me or somebody on my team, that's going to challenge that belief, help you to challenge the belief, and then to find out what is best for you. Okay, we've got to stop putting people in boxes. If we're going to do anything to deal with this deficit by 2030, you know, multiple millions of nurses globally, sure, 
we have to stop putting people in boxes. We have to start seeing them for individuals. We have to start seeing them for what they have to offer and leveraging their frigging skills, knowledge and experience and creating job opportunities where these nurses can thrive and flourish and see a future in nursing. If we're so rigid with this process, like we are not attracting the best talent. We are not keeping the best talent because they can go and they can set up a frigging OnlyFans or they can, <laughs> they can go and set up an online business. Or they can go and work in the florist or Aldi and get better treatment, better money. Okay, I'm going on a rant. But you get where I'm coming from. We need to. Leaders, if you're hiring, be flexible. Take people into a job that is an RN1 position. Or maybe you're looking for somebody that needs, quote unquote, two years experience because you and your team can't be bothered to educate them and you just want somebody to hit the ground running. No, educate them. Find the people. Give them opportunities. These people are desperate to work. They're desperate to find these jobs and they can't freaking find them. Give them an opportunity and support them through it and stop with this rigid thinking that's preventing people from living their dream. That's what's happening ultimately. I won't get off my high horse, but I'm passionate about it. Now, number four is, oh God, I need to take a deep breath. Okay. Number four is meeting every job description requirement. Did you know that there is somebody like me? Just imagine this in your mind. Liam, nurse unit manager. The names on the door, the plaques there. I've got a beautiful office, the beautiful view. No, this does not happen, by the way. <laughs> it's a shithole cupboard with no door, um, with no plaque. It takes a year to come from lived experience. Imagine, beautiful office. I'm sitting there and I just go, oh, you know what I need? I need a nurse. Hmm, I wonder what I need from this nurse. <laughs> and off I go, just writing a little story about what I need. And I just decide you know what I need? I need a nurse with 3.5 years experience. Precisely 3.5 years experience in the specialty. I will accept nothing less. Holy moly, we gotta stop this. This is insane. I get it for more senior roles. I totally understand that. But even then, I teach people to break all the rules. Why? Not because you'll always be successful, but one, because you're building resilience and you're building a new skill set, which is amazing. And even though failure and rejection totally sucks, no one died from being rejected. <laughs> no one died from failing. So the more that you expose yourself to that stuff, I tell you, the quicker you will build your career, your nursing business, whatever you need to be doing. Failure is the ticket. It is the thing that will get you to where you want to be. But I deviate. The reason why this is total BS is because literally, like I just demonstrated through my amazing acting voice acting skills and storytelling is that it's total BS because there's just somebody sitting in an office that's gone, you know what I need? That's what I need. There's no rules. People are just making them up left, right, and center. So if they can make up the rules, why can't you make up the rules? Why can't you just apply for that job that says you need two years experience? So many of you that are grads that are first year, finished your first year, you really get stuck on this. And I understand it completely because it's widespread across the industry. Imagine a future where job advertisements are like, you know, you can have, like, we'll accept anybody because we appreciate that people are different. <laughs> they bring different skill sets and we actually support nurses. So it doesn't matter whether you have one day or 10 years, we will support you. Imagine that world. You, my friend, do not need to meet every job description, even if it says essential. And the reason why is because 
There are so many people like you sitting there looking at these jobs and they go, oh my God, I can't do that. I don't have that. I better just stay safe in my little cozy cocoon in the job that I absolutely detest with a toxic manager breathing down my neck, bullying me with my peers who don't support me. I may as well just stay here instead of applying for a job and putting myself out there and risking rejection because, you know, they've told me already that I'm not going to be good enough to do this job. That's all rubbish. It's not true. I really want you to give yourself as many options as possible. The worst thing that can happen is they ghost you. And ghosting sucks, but you will live. And you will have updated your resume and you will have given your brain a little bit of hope and you will have tapped into some future aspiration and it will give you the little kick up the butt that you need to go, you know what? I deserve better than this. I am fed up sitting here doing this every day standing here, running around like a headless chook, enough is enough, I need to move on. And it will be a trigger for you. So do not discount your experience. I want to give you an example here because I was working with a nurse recently and she said to me, I said, listen, tell me, you've told me all of the things that you don't want from your nursing career, but what does it look like if you could get the dream job tomorrow? And I want you to think about this too. If you could do anything tomorrow, there were no rules what would you do? What's the first thing that comes to your mind? And she was like, oncology. I said, okay, so why the heck are we applying for aged care <laughs> as a starting point? Like, yeah, there are oncology patients there, but that's not what you, you want. So I'm a firm believer in if you really have an aspiration and you're not going for it, you will keep getting nudged and poked by the universe or by people or by the world. You'll keep seeing it and you will eventually come to a point where you're like, no, enough is enough. I need to make this happen. And this is where she was. So she said to me, the problem is, Liam, every job says that I need two to three years oncology experience. And I said to her, okay. I said, so what experience do you have? And she was like, well, you know, I've just done my return to practice and I've just had three months experience and, and that's it. That's all I have. And she was so caught up in the story about like why nurses, you know, can't get jobs because there are so many jobs out there and they're desperate. I said, you need to drop that story. We need to clear that story out. It's not serving you. It's keeping you stuck and it's distracting you from the work that you need to be doing to get the oncology job that you want, right? And I said to her, hey, listen, tell me a little bit more about your experience with oncology just in life in general. She's like, oh my God, like so many people in my family have had cancer. And I said, yeah, okay. She's like, oh, you know, my mom, my dad, like, oh, and my aunt. I said, okay, so if you were to like talk about that experience, what would you say? Well, I was in the hospital. I was supporting them through their treatment. I was there for all their appointments. You know, I was part of the doctor's discussions. I helped them in the recovery. And I said, okay, that's really interesting. Because to me, that sounds like you have oncology experience. Now stick with me because some of you are like, that's a stretch, right? But the job just says oncology experience, experience with oncology. <laughs> Is that not experience with oncology? Lived experience? Isn't it beautiful that she has oncology experience as a human attending a hospital with a loved one and can see it through the patient's lens? But she also has experience, which I didn't talk about there, in her three months return to practice and her clinical placements as a student nurse, looking after patients with an oncology history. You all think that you need to have this depth of knowledge and specialty skill set. You don't. You don't need to be the thing before you apply for the thing. Okay, so we discovered, and she felt so much lighter in herself. She was like, oh my God, you're so right. 
Like I literally supported my mum through oncology, like through an oncology process for years. That is experience, my friend. So don't discount. There's so many lessons in this one. Like don't discount what you have personally and professionally to offer. Think about how you can leverage all of that so that you can show them, yeah, I might not have three years of oncology experience, but I have a lived experience and I've been through the ringer with oncology. And that is what makes me the best person for, to work for you because I am so passionate about this. I want to give back versus somebody that might have three years oncology experience that has no personal connection to it and is doing it for the money. There's no bad, like good or bad here, but by discounting and not even applying for the job, you're not even giving yourself the opportunity. And one, you're like stopping yourself from achieving your, your dreams, right? And you are stopping yourself from achieving what it is your true desire is to achieve in your nursing career. So ditch the friggin' essential, the mandatory needs to be there, but ditch the essential and ditch the desirable. Tackle them, show them, get creative in your thinking about how you can meet them. Call the manager ahead of time if you think it's a real stretch because you're not suffering from nursing career delusion, <laughs> right? You, you're like, oh, this is a stretch, but I'm going to give myself the opportunity because I'm better off for that, okay? You will always be better off, I promise you. And the worst thing that can happen is you feel an emotion, you feel disappointment, rejection, fear, embarrassment. Listen, <laughs> you will die. The more you expose yourself to that stuff, the better your life becomes. You open yourself up to the human experience so much more. Now, I'm not going to keep going on a rant there, but you get the gist, okay? Number five is only applying for one graduate position. Now, I've talked about this heaps. Grads that are listening, future grads, 2024, 2025, whenever you're listening to this in the future, if you only apply for one graduate position and it does not come through, you are up shit creek without a paddle, okay? And I really want you to have so many options, you worked too hard, my friend, to get here and not have multiple career options. So don't do it to yourself. If you are struggling with time and figuring out how to apply for multiple jobs and do multiple applications and balance it all whilst you're doing your third year, that's where you find the right who, which is high performance nursing. We can help you achieve that. But I get so frustrated and upset and sad for people that come to me and say, I applied for this one job because when I was on placement, they told me that I should apply because, you know, I was so good and that's amazing. And they said that they'll definitely line me up for a job and it's in the bag. Do not ever, whether you're a grad or not a grad, listen to people when they tell you that. They are lying to you. It's illegal. <laughs> it's not illegal, but they cannot tell you ahead of time that you have the job. They can't. Okay. No one can do that. It is against HR policy and procedure. It happens every single day. And I see so many people have their dreams crushed because they're given, like, the, the carrot is dangled and the opportunity does not come through. And that can happen for an array of reasons, right? Mostly because the nurse manager or whoever promised it to you is not the only person on the panel making the decision. So, and that maybe they don't have influence. So do not ever take that as granted that you have it in the bag ahead of time. You always, always, always as a graduate nurse must have multiple options. I highly recommend applying for at least four jobs, at least. And I highly recommend applying for jobs interstate, even if you're never going to take them. The reason why our grads in, in our programs do so well is because when they apply for jobs interstate that they're maybe never going to take, it gives them the experience of the interview and the application process 
ahead of time for the job that they actually want. So by the time they get to the job that they really want, they've done four interviews already and they're killing it. And then they end up with five job offers. And they're like, holy shit, I did not know this was even possible. And now the problem becomes, which one do I pick? Would you rather be sitting there with no job offers because you went all in on one and it didn't come through because they're very competitive or go all in on four or five, get the support to make this as easy as possible to achieve and get all of the strategy to make this happen and have five jobs to pick from. I know where I'd rather be. So applying for one graduate position and people telling you that it's so easy to get a grad is also not helpful. It's not helpful. It's reassuring, but it's not helpful. And it's not always true. Depending on, unfortunately, I have to say this, where are you from? Are you Australian? Are you not Australian? Ageism, all of the things come into play there. I don't say that to scaremonger, but they do come in. So we have to make sure that we address all of them in the process and that we solve for all of them ahead of time so that you apply for multiple jobs and you create multiple job opportunities. Okay, so there are my five bad pieces of nursing career advice. Often very well-intentioned. People offer them just because they've been conditioned through the system and through life and society to believe that these things are true. But job hopping is okay. Time does not equal experience always, okay? Not getting a grad is not a problem. Meeting every job description requirement is not essential. And you must, must, must apply for more than one grad position if you want to have your first preference. If you're happy with getting anything, apply for one and risk it, okay? Um, But most people need to apply for more than one, okay? So I want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to share this with people that you think are suffering from some of this bad advice. Because my job is to help as many nurses as possible to uncover the bad advice and what it's costing them, and then take action that's in alignment with where their future self wants to be, to help them achieve their nursing career and personal goals, and to start weeding through the BS advice that exists in the industry, and be the future of healthcare and nursing that transforms these systems and processes and some of these beliefs so that in 10 years time, they're no longer here. We're not talking about it. These issues no longer exist and people are doing what they want to be doing. And the system has rebuilt itself in a way that serves nurses. I know it's very um, optimistic thinking, but that is my job. And that's what I'm here to do is to inspire and motivate and to help people challenge the norm through the work that I do. So I'm super excited to hear what you think of this episode. Please leave us a review. If you'd like to work with us this year, uh, we would love to work with you in tackling all of these beliefs that you might have at giving you some really good evidence-based lived experience advice that will serve you in your career. And as always, with all of these episodes, there is a flavor of my opinion in here and my lived experience. And the beautiful thing is, You get to take it or leave it. Take what you can from this that serves you and leave the rest. I will see you all next week on the High Performance Nursing Podcast. Stay safe and stay forever curious. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for listening. I'm so privileged that you spent your time with us here today. 
Hey, can I ask a favor? If you know someone that would benefit from this podcast episode, please share it with them. The more you share, the more we get in front of amazing nurses and we're able to help them see that nursing on their terms across their career is totally possible for them. So I'd love if you could do that. Now, I will see you in the next episode next week. Until then, let's make this year the year that you nurse on your terms. Are you ready? Let's do it.